grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, the introit that we sang a few moments ago, especially our antiphon, Psalm 47, verses 1 and 2. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, a great king over all the earth. God is our king. That good news or bad news? We just sang in our sermon hymn, what God's almighty power has made in mercy he is keeping. By morning glow or evening shade, his eye is never sleeping. Within the kingdom of his might, all things are just and good and right to God. All praise and glory. Sounds like the perfect kingdom, doesn't it? All things are good and just and right. So, is that your experience? Is that how your world is? Is that how your personal life is? Is that how your community or our country is good and just and right? Hardly seems so, does it? It's good to be king. I remember the first time when I heard that phrase, Mel Brooks, history of the world. Oh, he was the king, all right. And for him, it was good to be the king. And he abused everything and everyone. Why? Because he was the king. And he could do it. And he could get away with it. It's good to be the king. I'm not much a, of a uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers fan. They had a very popular song. Made the top ten in 1994. The theme was exactly the same. It's good to be the king. Because when you're the king, everybody else has to bow down to you. You get whatever you want. It's good to be the king. When you think of a king and what a king stands for and what a king does, Do you have good thoughts about a king? Oh, sure, throughout history, there have been some good kings, benevolent dictators, but they're still the king, right? They get what they want. They do what they want. They crush whoever they want. That's what I think of when I think of a king. I think of someone who is the most powerful, the most selfish, the most hedonistic, the most narcissistic person. Why? 
Because they can be. Power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. So we come into God's house and we have a section of God's word. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared. Why? A great king over all the earth. My friends, how can it possibly be good news that God is king? God is in control. God is sitting on the throne. How can that be good news? Well, to our human nature, to that old Adam or old Eve that lives and dwells and thrives inside of us, it's not good news. You know why? Because I want to sit on the throne. Get out of the way, God. That's my seat. I want to be in control. I want to call the shots. I want what I want, and I want it now. In other words, I want to be the king. Why? Because it's good to be the king. My friends, when God teaches us that he is the ultimate king, the king of the universe. This is a kingdom that has been earned, not by power and intrigue and political assassination. God is the king because he created the entire world. It's his. He owns it. God is the king because everything that lives and moves and breathes and has its being is a product and a gift of our creator, king, God. What happened when our first parents disobeyed God's command? We heard that in our Old Testament reading for today. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. The king has issued a decree. And what did our first parents do? They thumbed their nose at the king. They thumbed their nose at God's word. They thought they had better words than God. And they went and did their own thing. How did our king, God, respond? By crushing them as he could have? By wiping them out from the face of the earth? No. My friends, God is the king. But he is different from every king that has ever been recorded in history. Our God, our king God, 
is a compassionate king. A compassionate king. When we think of compassion, we think of, oh, those feelings deep inside of us. A touchy-feely hallmark moment. That's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about a feeling deep inside that moves one to action. And this is exactly what our compassionate King God did. He spoke a word to Adam and Eve. He gave them a word of hope, a word of comfort, a word of promise, a word of forgiveness. The King would do the unthinkable. The King would send His Son into the world to crush the serpent's head and to restore everything that had gone wrong in the kingdom. It was years ago, my home congregation. Someone donated a set of beautiful pyramids to the congregation. I don't remember what color they were. It was either Advent or Lent, blue or purple. And they had a crown. A crown on those pyramids. Because God is our king, right? But the word king was spelled a little bit different. You might say the word king was spelled funky. K. I N on one line and underneath of it G. So as you looked at that, you couldn't tell whether it said our king or our kin. My friends, that's the great mystery for today of how our God is a compassionate king. He is our king and he is our kin. God sent his son into the world taking on flesh and blood. The creator of the world becomes a part of his creation, taking humanity into himself. Our king is our kin. How can that possibly be God's great gift of his son for you, for me, for the life of the world? Yes, he could have crushed us. He could have wiped out the world and started over. But our compassionate king, in his love, in his mercy, in his compassion... In his providence, sent his son, King Jesus. Jesus into this world, humbly, born of a virgin, adopted son of a carpenter, works and toils. Sweats, 
My friends, he places himself under God's condemning law. Why? Because not only is he a king, the king of love, my shepherd is. Our King Jesus, in his love, ascends to a throne, the throne of the cross. Our King Jesus wears a crown, a crown of thorns. Jesus does the unthinkable, something no human king would ever do. He suffers and bleeds and dies for the kingdom. My friends, is it good news that God is our king? Absolutely! The king who owns and rules everything takes compassion on poor, miserable sinners like you and me. The King Jesus willingly, freely lays down his life for wayward subjects like us and three days later picks it up again, never to die again. He pours out his love, his compassion, his forgiveness to you in the waters of holy baptism. And now he says... Whatever goes on in this wild, crazy, sin-filled world, remember, I'm in charge. I'm in control. I'm the king. It may not look like it. Oftentimes my kingdom is hidden, hidden from sight. It may not look like it when crazy people do crazy people harm. It may not look at it, look like it when political divisions rip apart our nation and our communities and our families. It may not look like it when evil seems to be winning and good seems to be disappearing. It may not look like it when families are at war instead of in love. It may not look like it when the pain and sorrow of sin manifests itself in our lives or in our families. The sin of loneliness, the sin of grief, sickness. My friends, God teaches us today, be still, be at peace. Know that I am God. My friends, Fear not, the Lord 
the king reigns forever. Instead, instead of being afraid or being worried or being upset, God says the victory's already been won. The victory over sin, death, and the grave has happened. Your salvation is as sure as Good Friday and Easter. The victory has been won. So no matter what you see or feel or hear, sing, shout, clap. God, the King, reigns forever and ever and ever. He reigns in the world with His powerful hand. He reigns in the church with His powerful word. Word of law and gospel. A word which condemns and saves. And my friends, his kingdom, his kingdom is not only while we live. His kingdom extends even after we die. When he takes us to be with him forever in the mansions of heaven. We pray it every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. That the word of God and his kingdom would expand and extend. And that when the time is right, God would take us to be with him forever. My friends, it's good to be the king. God is a good and gracious and compassionate king for you. His provision and his providence never runs out. But there can only be one king on the throne. Too often, we want to push God out of the way. We want to take his seat Anything and everything becomes the King and Lord of our life. In that last verse of the hymn that we sang, all who confess Christ's holy name, give God the praise and glory. Let all who know his power proclaim aloud the wondrous story. Cast every idol from its throne. For God is God, and He alone. To God all praise and glory. My friends, for every time that we have crawled into the throne because it's good to be king, and we want everyone and everything to bow down to us, for every time we have placed our stuff our pet projects, our ideals on the throne instead of God. For every sin of idolatry and more, Christ Jesus has bled. Christ Jesus has died. King Jesus has risen from the dead. And he speaks words of forgiveness now and forever. And he says, by grace through faith, I adopt you into my family. I make you a kingdom of priests. God has given you a royal priesthood. You are the king. 
You are the king in God's kingdom because Jesus shares his kingdom with you. We live in his kingdom, forgiven, free, at peace. In Christ Jesus, it's good to be the king. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our crowns, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.